This Sunday is Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion and our entry into Holy Week. Each year, Jesus invites us more deeply into these central celebrations of our liturgical year. How do you hear the old, familiar readings of the Passion in a new way? We'll talk all about it coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome, friends, to The Inner Life. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Patrick Conley, and it's getting close. I hope your Lenten disciplines and practices have prepared you well for this upcoming Holy Week. As always, of course, Holy Week begins this Sunday with Palm Sunday. We begin Mass by celebrating the Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And then, only a few moments later, we are hearing, we are participating in the Lord's passion with him. And I can sense some sighs and maybe a few groans as you think about standing Right for that extended reading of the Passion narrative on Sunday, this year, of course, from the Gospel of St. Matthew. But maybe this is the time to consider if there isn't a way to enter afresh and more deeply into the Lord's Passion. Is there a way to encounter it anew? Today, here on The Inner Life, we'll be chatting about praying the Passion, using the Scriptures, and particularly the accounts of Jesus' Passion, His suffering, death, and yes, His resurrection as well, to fuel your meditation and help us move more deeply into this pinnacle event in your life of faith and, of course, of all of human history. Our spiritual director today is Father John Eckert. Father Eckert is a pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Carolina. (laughs) Father Eckert, welcome. Good to be speaking with you today. Patrick, it's great to be here. Oh, well, all right. So I believe this is the first time you're joining us here on The Inner Life. And uh, if that's the case, then why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Father? Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it is the case. I'm I'm honored to be here. And my goodness, you, you don't get a much better topic to talk about and enter into, especially on the doorstep of Holy Week. Right. Um, and I'm getting all geared up and excited to celebrate with uh, my parishioners here at Sacred Heart in, in beautiful Salisbury, North Carolina. And um, yeah, so I'm a I'm pastor here. I have been since July of 2014. I was ordained a priest for the Diocese of Charlotte in June of 2010. Uh, I went to the Pontifical College Josephinum in Columbus, Ohio yeah. uh, for my seminary studies, which was a wonderful experience. Uh, great other seminarian priest brothers from all over the world, um, specifically here in the United States, so uh, mostly. Uh, I went. I did my undergrad at St. Louis University in, uh, in beautiful St. Louis, Missouri, mm-hmm. and I actually grew up in Peoria, Illinois, the home ah. of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen That's and... Oldest of four kids, my sister Katie is still in Peoria with her wonderful husband, my brother-in-law Chris, who's actually coming into the church uh, this Easter. So very excited wow. about that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so just um, yeah, very excited to get to be here with you. That's kind of like the 
going backwards in a nutshell. That's that's who I, am. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's great. That's great. I love it. And uh, we could spend some time just talking about any of those things as well. But we've got, <laughs> as you said, a great topic for today, uh, and some some great things to unpack and get into. So. Um, let's start with this whole, um, because when we're talking about praying with any portion of Scripture, of course, the first thought in many Catholics' minds is Lexio Divina. But it could be that there's uh, there's people who are listening who don't have never heard of Lexio Divina before. So maybe why don't you just unpack a little bit about what Lexio Divina actually is? Sure. I mean, just look at it. I mean, obviously, looking at the Latin phrase, you know, you can kind of get right at. You know, the obvious part, Lexio and Divina. I mean, you think about our lectors at, at Mass who are reading, right? And then Divina, clearly you're seeing like the word divine. So you're talking about you know, divine reading. I mean, we're getting into things where the heavenly meets the earthly. And and I'll tell you, just one of the directions I'd almost kind of like to go in our discussions today is almost looking back at our last weekend, uh, which, and, and normally I'd even just kind of talk about this Sunday, but if you think about this past weekend and everything coming together, we had the solemnity of the Annunciation when the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. You know, John one fourteen. Sure. Uh, you know, when you know the angel Gabriel declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. I mean, we're, we're right at noon. We just prayed the Angelus. You know, to to think about the fact that Jesus Christ has entered into all of this with us. And to go from that solemnity immediately into the fifth Sunday of Lent in year A, and in year A, you know, typically we're going to be going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we'll be back in Matthew this coming Sunday. But the last three weeks, we've gotten readings from the Gospel of John. Uh, John 4, with the Samaritan woman at the well. John 9, the man born blind. And then this past Sunday... Uh, like I said, it was just a whole beautiful weekend, everything coming together, the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Right. And so you think about Jesus Christ, you know, and this will actually be our second reading this coming Sunday from uh, St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, that he was, you know, with God forever. You know, though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at or jealously clung to. He mm-hmm. empties himself. He enters into all this with us. And so it's like this weekend we had him coming into all this with us in the incarnation, you know, there hidden in the womb of our blessed mother. You know, it's like it's obvious to figure out the timing. It's nine months before Christmas, right? And so he's there with us. And then immediately in the gospel on Sunday, he's confronting, you know, the, the finality of the results of the fall of our first parents, right? Death like going to the tomb, weeping at the tomb, calling Lazarus forth, declaring himself to be the resurrection and the life, you know, and just and giving us that foretaste of the glory to come. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at divine reading, right, it's we have the sacred scriptures. We have, I, I've heard them called God's love letters to humanity, you know. And so as you look at that, and, and even just those couple of things we could reference from this past weekend, you know, the beginning of Luke's gospel, 126 and following was the gospel from Saturday for the Annunciation. Uh, you could go back to Genesis 3 with the fall. You can go to, you know, St. Paul's uh, reflections from the second chapter of his letter to the Philippians on Jesus emptying himself. Then we go to, you know, John 11 of him raising Lazarus from the dead. All of these different things. And, like, you can take time with each one of those and sit with them for however long you'd like. 
and just ask our Lord to help you to understand more about the creation, about the fall, about the the fact that he doesn't you know, wipe us out and start over again. You know, like if I'm writing a letter and I really don't like the way it's working, I hit control A delete, you know, like I just get rid of it and I start over. That's right. He didn't do that with us. You know, I mean, you think about our first parents and even though they don't trust the heavenly father, they buy into the devil's lies about, can they really trust God? Did God really say you can't eat from any of the trees of the garden? Like, you know, inserting those seeds of doubt that our first parents fell for, you know, and yet, God from that point, you know, it's sort of like the the proto-evangelium, the gospel, like he already has his plan of, you know, of the immaculate conception of our blessed mother, of Jesus coming to save us from death. And then, of course, this coming weekend with Palm Sunday, you know, we get to see the unfolding and take time to meditate on the fullness of that passion as we go through Matthew 26 and 27 at the uh, the Mass this weekend. Yeah. Um, to see, you know, the fact it's not like Jesus just came, snapped his fingers, and this is done. I mean, there's so many, so many things to meditate upon in those chapters of the Passion. And, I mean, you referenced it at the beginning, you know, yeah, we're going to have to stand. And, uh, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm like anybody else. Like, it, But here's the thing, when I'm standing at the celebrant's chair, I don't have the pew in front of me to hold on to. So, I mean, feel bad for me, you know? I, I mean, but, you know, all kidding aside, it's like, you know, when you think about it, it's like our, our small problems, you know, of, of, list, of standing and listening to this. But I think the fact that we get to do this once a year, you know, that, that we get to spend this kind of time with the word of the Lord, you know, the inspired word of God to see the lengths to which God is willing to go to save us from sin and death. And it's there in this beautiful, divinely inspired source that we can sit with and we're never going to completely plumb the depths of, you know? And so Mm. that's why we come back to it year after year in, you know, in the passion. I mean, to be fair, we come back to it day after day, you know, as we read and read and, and continue to know Christ better and better. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing time of year in which all of the, you know, all of the sacred scriptures just sort of like, broken open in front of us and we're given this opportunity to spend more time reflecting on these beautiful passages with this you know holier divine reading Mm. our spiritual director today here on the inner life is father john eckert and we're talking about praying the passion or praying the scriptures really as father was just talking about but praying especially the passion as we're entering into holy week this coming sunday when was a time when god spoke to you through praying the scriptures are there passages you've been praying with this lent and if you've uh, if you do practice lexio divina meditation on the scriptures a prayerful way of encountering the scriptures has that been a helpful form of prayer to you for you? Did God reveal himself in some new and unexpected way? Give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-914-9, or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, it's, maybe it's just worth uh, laying out there that uh, we're talking about something different, I think, when we're talking about praying the scriptures. That's different than simply just reading the scriptures. It's even different than studying the scriptures. So what's, what are good habits to get into when we look to encounter the scriptures in prayer? Patrick, that's a great question. And you know, it's interesting, too, even just talking about 
the way that we're going to be reading through the scriptures this Sunday at Mass. You know, and, and obviously, we're not used to standing there and listening to two chapters of sacred scripture being read to us. Right. Um, so that, I mean, that is a beautiful way to receive it, and I'm looking forward to it uh, this coming Sunday. But I would say, you know, it's, it's such a good idea to take the treasure of the faith, to take what we have on the horizon, and, you know, throughout the week building up to the Sunday, to look ahead to the Sunday gospel and to spend some quiet time with it, you know, to spend mm-hmm. some t- quiet time with the Word of God and reading through, you know, slowly, prayerfully, asking the Holy Spirit to be there with you, you know, as you enter into reading about reading through the text. And you made a good point, too. I mean, it's, you know, to, to read in a prayerful way, to practice Lectio Divina, it is different than just scripture study. Scripture study is an important thing. I mean, to look at the historical context, to look at, you know, the original language as opposed to, you know, the English that has come to us. I mean, so much of the scriptures right. are written in either Greek or Hebrew, um, you know, and, and most of us don't have a background in those, and that's fine. There's a lot of wonderful commentaries out there, too, to kind of help with that scripture study. But I will say, I mean, the church provides us with such a treasure trove and a, and a way to access that treasure trove through the lectionary and through what we're reading through throughout the year. And mm-hmm. especially when we get to this point of the year, when we have these longer gospels. There's so much there. And so just to take, you know, like if you, if you open up any typical Bible, the Bible I have open in front of me right now, you know, it, it divides things up into, I mean, kind of a technical term is like a pericope, but like almost like a, a big paragraph, you know, and then you have a little break and then another paragraph to sort of break it up and just spend a little bit of time, you know, with each of those paragraphs. And, it, and if you set aside, let's say 15 minutes to just read through one of these paragraphs, like you don't have to try to like plow through all of the gospel that's coming up this Sunday or plow through, you know, however many chapters of the gospel of Matthew. It's not like making sure you get to the end. It's it's prayerfully going through and allowing the inspired word of God to speak to you in your heart. And right. also, you know, to bring to the sacred page the mystery that is your life as well. You know, to bring to our Lord, you know, especially as we go to meditating on the passion this coming Sunday. We all have crosses. I mean, and especially I, I, I found every single Lent. You know, it's amazing how I see it in myself, I see it in others, like the degree of I'm just overwhelmed. Like how many people mm. are just overwhelmed at this time right. of year. Yeah. And to take that to our Lord as we see him go through his passion and to see that he did not excuse himself from you know, an overwhelming circumstance from, from an overwhelming setting, he entered into that and allowed himself to get hit with this tidal wave of hatred and to see what that looks like in the inspired word of God and the words that he speaks in the midst of that. You know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then moving on to, you know, into your hands, Father, I commend my spirit. The way that he you know, handles all this, leads, as we'll see this Sunday, uh, towards the end of chapter 27, I think it's verse 54, when the centurion says, truly, this was the Son of God. I mean, you think a centurion, he's probably seen many people crucified, but to see the way that Jesus 
handled it, to see the circumstances around him, to see the fact that he's not hurting the people around him, right? This is something unique. This is someone unique. And the centurion is able to say, truly, this was the son of God. And to meditate on that and to think, okay, Lord, you have given me your very life, you know, in the sacraments. You've given me yourself in the blessed sacrament. You are with me in my overwhelming circumstances, help me to imitate you. Help me to love you and to give forth an example of Christ-like love that lead others like the centurion into your love. You know, And so just yeah. to try to connect it all together. Right. And obviously we can't do all that just standing there at Mass on Sunday, and that's where it takes you know, preparation building up to it, or even further reflection after you leave to go home after Mass. Right, to take some time to sit with the Scriptures. I, I like the way that you're, you're talking about that, that we, we enter in. We do use the Scriptures to, to facilitate our prayer and to direct our minds and hearts, but it's not like we ignore the, the frenetic activity that might be going on this time of the year, but we actually bring that to it too. We bring ourselves and everything that we're experiencing to it as well. Really like it, Absolutely. Father. Very good. Our spiritual director today, again, here on The Inner Life is Father John Eckert from the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina, and we are speaking about praying the scriptures, and particularly, we'll get into this a little bit more, uh, the passion narrative. So if there was a time when God spoke to you when you were in meditation over the scriptures, over a passage of scripture. What was that passage of scripture, and why did it make a difference in your life? Do you pray with the scriptures? Do you, maybe you have a question about how to go about praying with the scriptures. Give us a call. Ask your question. Tell us your story. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with more of The Inner Life right after this. This hour sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Welcome back to The Inner Life. Here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley, and our spiritual director today is Father John Eckert from the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina, where he is pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. And we have been talking about praying the scriptures, and uh, we're going to move into just maybe some specific parts of the Passion narrative, as we've got Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion coming up upon us. But, Father, before we get there... Uh, we've got Brittany, who's calling in from Buckeye, Arizona. Brittany, welcome to The Inner Life. Thank you so much. Hi, Brittany. Oh, go ahead. Nope, just saying hello. What oh, have you got yes. today for us, Brittany? Well, um, a few years ago, I had been away from confession, the sacrament of confession, for many years, and I returned, and one of... Um, the confessions that I had after returning to the beautiful sacrament was where the priest asked me to meditate upon Psalm 23. And um, that is, you know, really just committing yourself to the Lord, letting him know that, or reminding yourself that he is all that you could ever need. And um, that has just stuck with me. And when I see that in the daily readings, it just really inspires me. And then recently I was at confession again, and a different priest 
this is years later now, also asked me to meditate upon Psalm 23. And it's just that reminder, you know, the priests are there in persona Christi. And so the Lord was asking me to really, um, to really follow his guidance again, just as the psalmist made that decision between following one road or what Christ is asking. So it was just a beautiful reminder. Brittany, that's great. And I'll tell you, Psalm 23 is so rich and so important, and there's so much imagery there um, that, yeah, points towards our Lord, the Good Shepherd, that points towards the sacraments, you know, where uh, we go to eat at the table, that he washes us, you know, we're anointed. And the other thing that I appreciated about it, or appreciate about it so much, he's going to talk about that, you know, though, though I'm in the dark valley, you know, it's like, he doesn't, yeah, we find ourselves, as we say, like the, um, the Hail Holy Queen at the end of the rosary, that we're in a valley of tears. There's no, like, acting as though, oh, everything's great. It's all fine. Don't worry about it. Like, no, I mean, life's tough. We have some hard, difficult things. But Christ does not abandon us that, but he is the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. And we see that just so beautifully spelled out, prefigured in Psalm 23. And, Brittany, I'm so glad that that... Uh, that priest, you know, gave that to you as a penance and that you got it again. And, uh, I may be inspired when I hear confessions later today to do the same thing. So Brittany, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> Very good. Fortunately, Psalm 23 is nice and short. So, uh, yeah, it's yes. not like meditating on, I don't know, Psalm 119 or something like that. That would be sure, sure. laborious, but, uh, maybe for my sins. Anyway, Brittany, thank you so much for the call. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, appreciate your story. And yeah, Psalm 23 has actually been very meaningful to me in in uh, Lexio Divina in meditation as well. And um, one of the things that I know that uh, it oftentimes occurs when I'm um, praying the scriptures, Father, is there's an engagement of of my imagination, I suppose, especially sure. in gospel passages. You know, I'm trying to place myself in the scene, and and sometimes we can get kind of mental images about that. Talk maybe a little bit about the role of our imagination when it comes to the scriptures. Well, of course. And I mean, you know, God made us to have imagination. You know, we, we have it just like we have our emotions, we have our intellect, we have our will. And all of those things come into play, you know, when we sit down to spend time with him in prayer. And, and obviously it's like, you know, okay, so you want to have sort of like some guidance, some direction for your imagination. And that's the beautiful thing about reading you know, the passages, Let, let's just say that you're going to read through Matthew 5 to 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Sure. So to, you know, sort of place yourself at the scene where, you know, when Jesus saw his disciples, he led them up the mountain and he sat down and began to teach them. So just even thinking about being at that place, you know, there in his Sermon on the Mount sitting down on the green grass, you know, having been led up, but at the same time, he's sitting down in your midst and taking it in. And as you go through the Sermon on the Mount, he's not making things easier from the Old Testament. You know, it's <laughs> like he's, true. you know, you, you have heard it said, you shall not kill. But I tell you, you know, anybody who holds on to anger in his heart has already, you know, killed his brother. Like he, he's upping the ante. He's making it harder. And at the same time, He's right there with you. So to imagine him giving that to you, and especially I'll tell you a privileged place to be able to do this kind of meditation 
is in your parish church to go do it in front of the tabernacle or if you're mm-hmm. blessed to have adoration to do it in front of our lord exposed in the blessed sacrament and to look up at him and say like help me to see what's going on here because the trouble is you know and, and i like to tell people when they're when they're nervous about oh father you know i just i keep getting distracted when i'm praying so yeah. remember he didn't create you to be a robot right like you don't have perfect focus and that's okay, because he didn't create you with perfect focus. But if your imagination is you're sitting there, you know, thinking about, you know, being on the grass at the Sermon on the Mount, and then all of a sudden you're thinking about, I don't know, March Madness, you know, it's like, hey, go Creighton, you know, like, and all of a sudden, like, there it is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's going to, but it's like, okay, wait a second, I'm not thinking about, you know, the NCAA right now, like, I, I want to be here with you, Lord. And you, like, you gently bring yourself back, you know, and just say, help me to be here with you. And then, you know, sort of re-enter into the scripture. And as he's saying some of these challenging things, you know, to bring your own, you know, temptations there. You know, the next one, you have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, you know, anybody who lusts after a woman in his heart has already committed adultery. Lord, be there with me. You know, like I I was told by a wonderful spiritual director in, in college, you notice an attractive girl, you know, say, you know, dear Lord, good job. Way to go. Thanks for the gift of beauty. Help me to be chaste. Like keeping him close and realizing that, yeah, your attention is going to get drawn in a lot of different places. Your imagination comes to play, but to be there. And, and I would say too, um, I love all the many different things that technology offers us. You know, I mean, the very fact that I'm getting to, I'm, I mean, I'm sitting in my office right now in Salisbury, North Carolina, talking to you. And if I'm not mistaken, you're in Wisconsin right now. I right? am. Yeah. You know, so to think about that, and yet it's like you and I are getting to have this conversation. Yay, technology. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. But when we sit down to pray, I would say it's so much better to either take in, say, your Magnificat or to take in, you know, your Bible to spend that time, you know, go entering into the sacred page because we are so easily distracted. And, you know, I've had it happen so many times. I'm sitting there, I'm doing my spiritual reading, I'm, I'm spending time meditating on sacred scripture and a text pops up, you know, it's yep. like, I, I need to take care of this. And, and especially, you know, if it's something having to do with work, I mean, you feel like, oh, I need to be responsible and take care of this. Well, you know, in the same way that if you're, you're with your loved one at the dinner table, you know, you want to put your phone to the side. You don't want to keep checking texts every three minutes, you know. And so when you enter into that time for Lexio Divina to help your imagination, you know, to try to remove as many distractions as possible. Mm-hmm. Will there be some distractions? Of course there will be. Like you're never going to be in a place where there's, you know, no side noise. You know, there's no, you know, anybody else walking around. There's no, I mean, there's always going to be something, you know. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, as you enter into that time to pray for the grace from the Holy Spirit to be with you, to be open to whatever our Lord wants to tell you, and to be able to allow your imagination to move into these places. And yeah. then if you have an intrusion, you know, to, to ask our Lord for the grace to, hey, help me to come, come right back and be there with you, Lord. Mm-hmm. Great tips all along the way there, Father. But I especially one of the things that just stuck with me is uh, the the richness of being able to do something like Lexio Divina, like praying with the scriptures, meditating upon the scriptures, 
in uh, in your in your church where you have perhaps a tabernacle so you can spend some time with the Blessed Sacrament, or especially in the Adoration Chapel. I'll tell you, one of my favorite things to do in the Adoration Chapel, if I'm meditating, I'm trying to meditate on the Scriptures, I'll read a short passage, as you were saying, out of the Gospel messages, and then I'll just look up and I'll say, Lord, what was that like? You know, or something, you know, engage yeah. the Lord in conversation because he's right there. I mean, what? T- t- let me in on this a little bit, you know, uh, guide my imagination. Let me let me understand what was this like, uh, you know, even, you know, little paltry details. <laughs> what was the weather doing at this time? Um, and how are you feeling at this time? And uh, I don't, know, don't often get a, a, a direct response, but it does help me draw myself or I get drawn more deeply into the passage. Well, our spiritual director today again is Father John Eckerd from the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina. We're talking about Lexio Divina, praying the scriptures and praying the passion. Do you have a habit of praying the scriptures? Do you do that? Is that something you do regularly? Do you have a special place that you like to do it? Maybe that is in your church, in your adoration chapel. Maybe there's a special area of your home that you've set aside for prayer. We'd love to hear from you. 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Well, um, what about our response from this, Father? I mean, what what are we expecting out of Lexio Divina? Uh, because sometimes I know with spiritual things, we tend to place a lot of emphasis on feeling. Do I feel closer to God? And that can be dis- or can be misleading, uh, to say the least, at times. So, um, if we're not looking for a particular feeling, what are what are the fruits of Lexio Divina? That's a great question. I would say, ultimately, I think our main goal is growing in relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's something that unfolds with time. In the same way that you're not going to say to a loved one, you know, I I just spent this last 15 minutes with you, and I don't feel like I got anything out of it, so I'm just Mm. not happy about this. I mean, they're going to be offended, you know? And and yet it's the, you know, as you do that with time. Like, Patrick, if I'm not mistaken, you're a married man, correct? I am. Okay, there you go. And that's, you know, it's not as though you've reached, like, the fullness of your relationship with your wife already. It's not like it happened after the first date. It's something Mm -hmm. that's unfolding with time, but you put in the time and that grows, and you know each other better and better. And I think something very similar can be said in our relationship with our Lord. Putting in the time is so important. And sometimes, yeah, you're not going to have a lot of amazing feelings. But feelings are not everything. They're something. They're part of our life. I mean, you don't have to you know, check your emotions at the door. But at the same time, our emotions are not everything. And so just the fidelity of, I would say, you know, daily time with our Lord. And quite frankly, I'm, that's, that's where I feel like the rosary is such a big help because when you think about it, the rosary in a way kind of allows us to do some Lexio Divina, so to speak, all the time, anywhere. Like you're in the car, you can't pull out your, your Bible and read, you know, Luke 126, but you can pray the first joyful mystery, the Annunciation, and mm-hmm. meditate on what's going on there. And you can ask our Blessed Mother, who participates, who's there, you know, who is in heaven and looking after us and wants us to grow closer to her son. 
and helps to you know help you to plumb the depths of that mystery to spend time with her with her son you know to understand the fact of what he's done in becoming one of us and staying with us and that he is Emmanuel God with us mm-hmm. you know that that all these things are happening and and you can do that you know walking in your neighborhood or driving in the car or waiting in line at the grocery store don't look at yep. the darn tabloids you know <laughs> like keep a keep right. a, a rosary in your pocket and seriously, just put your hand in your pocket and start working your way through the rosary. I mean, it's yeah. it's or even if if you feel so bold, pull it out. I know it's it's funny, even as a priest, like doing things that are overtly devout. Sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want people to look at me. It's like, well, I'm already dressed different. What does it matter, you know? And so it's it, to to be able to do that anywhere. It's like when you have a little bit of extra time, and you start thinking about our Lord, spending time with Him. Now, you may not get amazing feelings out of that. But the relationship is growing with time. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't notice from this one time I spent in prayer, amazing things didn't happen. Okay, fine. But look back over the last year, five years, ten years. Look back on the entirety of Lent, of spending every day, you know, putting in ten minutes a day of reading sacred scripture, reading the readings of the day. Look back on that rather than, did I get something out of this one time? It's sort of like going to the gym. Am I totally in shape after one visit? No, you're I not. I can answer that like, question. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly can. Uh, well, don't mean to interrupt, Father, but we've got, uh, no, no, we've got please. Another, another caller on the line. We've got Carrie who's calling in from Doylestown, Pennsylvania. Carrie, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, Father, just uh, regarding this dwelling on the passion of Jesus. I've only gotten into this in the last month or so, maybe six weeks, and I'm discovering how much I have not properly dwelt on this. My heart is so far from this, it's ridiculous. I feel nothing. I can't visualize anything. I'm struggling. But with the struggle, I am beginning to grow slowly, and I'm learning to stop racing through it and reading it like I'm reading the newspaper. Taking my time and, as you say, doing it in more of a Lectio Divina way, which I have not done, and it has cost me. Now I'm starting to get into that, and the passion and death of Jesus now are taking on shape and form in me now. Carrie, thank you so much for sharing your experience with that. And I think, you know, it's it's beautiful because this this isn't something like just another task to check off the list. It's growing in relationship with our Lord. And I'll tell you one of the beautiful things, too, about this time of year to kind of help with going that much deeper in is to do the stations of the cross because it sort of slows you down a bit. You do, and, and even if you're having a hard time visualizing things, you know, you can look at those images of the stations in your church or pull up, you know, beautiful images of the stations from various places online and look at them on your computer. Or if you have a book, you know, like to work your way through the stations. Uh, and, and that can help sometimes too. Uh, but, but, I really appreciate what you're saying. The big thing is, is just persevere. Okay, if you're not getting a lot out of it, quote unquote, today, fine. Offer that up to our Lord. You know, and just say, Lord, I know, like I, I wasn't incredibly moved today, but I offer this time up to you. Help me to continue to be faithful, to persevere, to keep showing up and being there with you as you bear your cross. Mm. Great call, Carrie. Thank you so much for that, and thanks for your honesty, because I think we've all been there. We've been reading yeah. passages of Scripture and said, huh, 
Yeah, this is not where I am. But, uh, Carrie, thanks for admitting it. And thanks for sharing your story. If you have a story of sharing, of, uh, of praying with the scriptures, of some way that God has spoken to you, has called you into a deeper relationship with Him, give us a call. Join the conversation 888 914 9149. 888 914 9149. We're going to take another short break, but we'll be back with Father John Eckert and more of Praying the Passion right after this. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com slash Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Senovich, our producer, Sarah Tavoya, taking some phone calls for us today, and to our spiritual director, Father John Eckert, pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. As we're talking about praying the scriptures, and particularly, Father, I was thinking, you know, with this upcoming Holy Week and Palm Sunday of the Lord's Passion, uh, let's let's maybe maybe what's some of your advice, some of your thoughts on are there particular paragraphs you're you're saying you know just take a little chunk of scripture, uh, take a little paragraph and are there particular paragraphs from the Passion or even beyond that will help us to enter in more deeply in this Holy Week into the Lord's and into the Lord yes and it, but into His suffering and death specifically. Absolutely, and I'll tell you that's a tall task because when you look at what we're going to get on Sunday. I mean, it's just such a treasure trove. And I would say at the very least, you know, don't just go to Mass on Sunday and then leave and then show up next Sunday at Easter. I mean, take the time during Holy Week to sit with these passages, to, you know, read through slowly, meditatively. And, um, but, but two different things. I was trying to, I mean, just picking one's not easy, but I'll just try to do it here. So sure. uh, about a little ways into the Passion, and I have in front of me, uh, my Magnificat. I don't know if uh, folks use Magnificat or not, but the end of page 33, beginning of page 34 in the Holy Week supplement. Uh, the section where at this point they're in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus has been like, Ju- Judas has just come up, betrayed our Lord. And then it says, Then stepping forward, they laid hands on Jesus and arrested him. And behold, one of those who accompanied Jesus put his hand to his sword drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, Put your sword back into its sheath, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think that I cannot call upon my father, and he will not provide me at this moment with more than twelve legions of angels? Hmm. But then, how would the scriptures be fulfilled which say that it must come to pass in this way? And I bring that up because obviously we're talking about meditating on sacred scripture. Our Lord here is referring to the scriptures, and he's also saying, don't just go into activity. You know, put your sword away. Like, basically, nice. you know, the changing of the world doesn't involve, you know, more revolutions with swords and guns. You know, what does it involve? It involves the self-sacrifice of our Savior, you know, who came to save us from sin and death, from our fallen condition, to show us how in the face of great evil and injustice— to imitate him and shows us all the way to the cross. And, and I'll tell you with that in mind, you know, so he's not going to call 12 legions of angels. Rather, he's going to send out his 12 apostles to all the ends of the earth, baptizing them in the name of the father and the son of the Holy spirit. And if you look back to 
uh, for this coming Sunday, the second reading. It's uh, It's got a bit of a name to it. It's traditionally called the Carmen Christi, or the Hymn of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's from St. Paul's second letter to the Philippians. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. I highly recommend it. Uh, the church has us pray it in evening prayer uh, for... Um, Saturday evening, so Sunday Vespers one every single, just about every every Saturday night of the year, yeah. but basically, you know, going from Jesus being in the form of God, not deeming it something to be, to be jealously clung to, but emptying himself all the way to the point of you know becoming obedient, even to the point of death, even death on a cross, and to have Saint Paul's meditation on how far our Lord has gone to not call forward 12 legions of angels, to not take up the sword, but to become obedient unto the point of death, even death on a cross. And remember that fact that in our own crosses, our Lord is with us. He's not telling us, take up the sword. He's not telling us, you know, take matters into your own hands. He's saying, cling to me, follow me, you know, do what I'm asking you to do. And, and look, I'm doing it first. Like he goes down into the depths first. And so, I mean, you can take so much from sacred scriptures as we get to the end of the passion for this coming Sunday. You know, you have our Lord quoting Psalm 22. Well, Psalm 22 is also our Psalm for this Sunday. So to, so to go back and read the rest of the Psalm, you know, like you can, you can do both. And as he said, you know, about the scriptures being fulfilled, they're at our fingertips and to see the way that all of this is pointed to. And the beautiful thing is, it continues to unfold. You know, I've heard now yeah. um, twice on the, the in-between with Father Rocky saying, you know, there's a lot more to the Mass than we think, you know, and, and, it, and it's true. Like, we get to encounter all of this every time we go to Mass. But the highest holy days of the year that are coming up, it's like rather than it all being condensed and telescoped into that one, let's say, half hour to an hour long Mass, rather it's expanded out throughout Holy Week, in particular the Triduum from Holy Thursday to, you know, uh, Holy Saturday night, where we get to spend the time being with our Lord as he goes through all this for us. Mm-hmm. A great point, a great point indeed, and that's uh, that's something that will continue to, I think, to draw us in, that just a recognition that there is so much more, and that's uh, that's one thing that I think we can tend to forget, um, especially if we're, <laughs> I hate to keep coming back around to this, but especially if we're starting to feel our legs get a little achy as we're standing through the passion narrative, yeah. but uh, but uh, let's go back to the phones, Father. We've got, uh, we've got Philip, who's calling in from Minneapolis. Philip, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Hi, uh, I'd just like to share a, a great way for people uh, is the Sorrowful Mysteries, to pray the Sorrowful Mysteries of the Rosary, especially this time of year, and in, and in praying the Rosary to really use our imaginations, as you had talked about, Father, and to put ourselves in that mystery, specific mystery at that time. And I um, just wanted to offer that. Philip, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Philip. I completely agree. And I mean, as you look at the the sorrowful mysteries from, you know, and and you're kind of basically spending, I don't know, what, like 16 hours with Jesus, let's say, maybe a little bit more than that, from the agony in the garden to his crucifixion and death, you know, and to just sort of, you know, walk with him from the agony in the garden and to think about the betrayal. That's one of those things whenever I pray Eucharistic Prayer 3, it's, you know, on the night he was betrayed. You know, that's the night that he gave us 
the gift of himself in the Eucharist. You know, just to think about that as you're praying through that first sorrowful mystery or asking Peter, James, and John to help you not to keep falling asleep, but to be there and to keep, you know, to keep showing up. And and even too, I mean, I, I appreciate Patrick, don't be embarrassed you bring up the achy legs. I mean, it's, it's an important <laughs> thing, I think, sometimes for us to recognize we are human beings. And that's not to say like, oh, you know, Father, don't hold me to a high standard. I'm just a human. It's like, well, no. I mean, you're created in the image and likeness of God. It's a big deal. But at the same time, you got a back. You've got knees. And, you know, I, I turned 41 this year. My back is not what it used to be. It's embarrassing. But <laughs> I, I, I have a harder time just standing there for a long time. And so, yeah, to acknowledge that, but then to say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to offer it to you anyway. Like, I'm going to keep standing here. I'm going to do my best. But also, let's say this. Let's say you just had knee replacement surgery, right? And you think, ah, I can't, I can't kneel at Mass. I probably shouldn't go. No! Like, kneel in your heart, but sit there in the pew. I mean, you just had your knee replaced. Don't worry about it. Like, you do your best for our Lord. Don't worry about trying to do the impossible but give him your best from your heart. And be honest with yourself. If you're an 18-year-old boy and you're like, oh, I don't want to kneel. No, kneel. I mean, you can do it. You're fine. But, you know, but if you're someone who, you know, just you cannot and it, and it, and it makes no sense for you to do it, fine. It's okay. But then, you know, to look at what our Lord has been through, you know, back to Philip's point, you know, you look at the scourging, you look at the crowning of thorns, you look at Jesus carrying the cross. I mean, it's like just kind of the fourth state or the fourth uh, sorrowful mystery. It's like walking through all the stations. And then finally, you know, the 12th station, him dying on the cross. Mm. Um, and Philip's right. And asking our Blessed Mother to help us to see, to understand, to see where this mystery touches my life in particular. Uh, it's such a help, and the rosary is, is such a gift in helping us to grow cl- closer to our Lord. You know, Father, you're a little talking about uh, about getting older and everything. I Just a brief story for me is that uh, in, in a particular parish, not my current parish, but a particular parish that I, I was attending a Holy Thursday Mass in afterwards as we were keeping vigil with our Lord in the altar of repose, and the uh, the kneelers there are rock hard, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I I would kneel down upon them and I and I would you know maybe thirty seconds in I'm like oh Lord this hurts so much sure. you know I was trying to bring it to prayer and everything and you know his response to me was yeah so does crucifixion <laughs> so, <laughs> absolutely so, yeah so it's a way oh. of entering in yeah but I I do like it I do like that we can meditate upon these things we can read through the scriptures we can enter in we can bring as you said earlier father we bring ourselves to it that we're not um, we're not just kind of putting everything to the side um, but we're we're bringing our current status um, physically spiritually emotionally into the scriptures I love that one of the things, Father, that occurs to me is I had a time of really focusing in and doing some extended time of Lexio Divina with um, with John 9, actually, the, the man born blind, which we heard in Mass uh, about a week and a half ago. And uh, one of the things that it just kind of, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. One of the things it did for me is that passage became mine. Like, I felt like this is mine now. It's it's a weird to say it, but Lexio Divina can lead us into kind of an uh, an embrace of the scriptures that uh, that wouldn't necessarily otherwise come. Would you agree with that, Father? Absolutely, absolutely. And and the more you, know, you dive into it, and especially so, take that one for example. You know, the man born blind. Notice we never get his name. You know, there's never, I mean, I, I made a joke in the homily when I was preaching on that two weeks ago. I kept calling him Billy the blind guy. Cause it was like, I mean, cause we just keep saying the man born blind and to keep mm. repeating that over and over, it gets hard. But 
I mean, we're all born into a spiritual blindness. We're born into our fallen state. And the more we read through that and to see the fact that our Lord, it's almost saying like, look, this fallen condition, it's not because I sinned or my parents sinned, but that so the glory of God could be revealed. And that's true in us in our baptisms. And you make that your own as you reflect on all that that means. And you see what happens from the man going from being a beggar to going toe-to-toe with the Pharisees. And even, you know, experiencing of being thrown out of the synagogue. You know, he gets the ad hominem attack by the end. It's like it's, mm-hmm. it's a clear case that someone has lost an argument when they have to go to the, well... Yeah, you you were born totally in sin, and you're trying to teach us. Like right. it, it, they can't answer his responses, and so when we look at what we have here, like you said, yes, make it your own. And the church gives us these beautiful treasures to make our own every day. But I mean, in particular, every single Sunday. So you know, to spend that time with them. And I will say, I mean, I just I feel very blessed as a priest that I have the the privilege and the honor and the duty, you know, of preparing for homilies. Like, it's not just scripture study, although it is that, but I need to be praying with them, internalizing them, making them my own, as you just said so beautifully, that I might get up there then and share, you know, with the people entrusted in my care in my parish, you know, about the beauty of what we've just had here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful opportunity to do that with each uh, gospel we're presented with. And some are going to hit us more than others are, but it's, and, and they'll hit us differently at different times throughout our lives. Yeah. True enough. True enough that uh, situationally, and that's another great reason to keep Lectio Divina as a regular practice. And especially as we enter into these most holy days of our liturgical year, as we enter into Holy Week, and then of course the Holy Triduum, which is Unbelievably, just over a week away. I am, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm grateful, and it's, it's kind of a, it's all coming at once. Anyway, <laughs> Father John Eckert has been our spiritual director today. Father, thank you so much for that, and may we ask for your blessing, please, as we close the show. Absolutely, the Lord be with you and with your spirit through the, through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Saint Joseph and all of our patron saints. May our Lord bless you during this holy time of the year. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God, indeed. Although, if you want to stick around right here on Relevant Radio, you know what's coming up next, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Father Rich Geschel is our celebrant today for that. Tomorrow here on The Inner Life, we're going to be taking a look at anointing. Not just anointing of the sick, although that indeed as well, but uh, all the places where we use holy oils to anoint. And what does that mean for our Catholic faith? How does it enrich our walk with the Lord? Hope you can join us. Until then, grace and peace.